Hello, my name is Cynthia, and welcome to the latest episode of Getting Your Together, a podcast where we discuss what it's like to get it all the way together, or at least attempt to, one day at a time. Hey all, this is Cynthia, and welcome to the latest episode of Getting Your Together. Today's topic is going to be around, and it's a continuation of the um, series that I'm running about just addiction. First episode is around when you think you have a problem. The second episode, I tackled where to get help. And then this one is more about letting go of guilt, shame. I think this is key. And just bear in mind that just because I'm doing these episodes in a particular order, they may show up or be relevant to you at different aspects of your struggle as you're working through things, or if you're here because of a friend or a loved one, you know, this is not a linear path. Everybody hits certain things at a certain time. Some things will be bigger than others. This is not a one size fits all mentality. So please, you know, be kind to yourself or be kind to them as you're helping. But being kind if you're dealing with someone else is not enabling. And that's a whole other thing. We probably will touch on that in later episodes. But in the meantime, let's talk about letting go of guilt and shame. I think that guilt and shame are probably two biggest factors of a lot of destructive behavior in people. I think not being able to identify that you are embodying guilt or shame, or that is what's causing you to feel the way that you do is huge. I don't think we are, as a society in most families, I think the dynamics, even if, especially if you didn't come from a really healthy, attached family, guilt and shame were probably things that you learned early. And then not being able to figure out how to rectify those things in your head, probably. And then you felt like you had just had to push it down and escape from it. And that type of stuff is what kind of would leads a lot of people to alternative resources to kind of alter their mind and escape their reality, escape what's in their head, escape what they're thinking about themselves. And guilt and shame is usually a huge part of that. I had a lot of guilt and shame growing up. And I think I've had that at a very young age. I've been thinking about like, when did the first time I realized I was guilty or felt shame about something? I truly cannot remember. It's been going on for a hot minute. I think A lot of my stuff is when my family moved back to the United States. My dad was in the military. We lived in Germany for five years. When we came back to the States, and then I realized just how different I was. My parents wanted me me and my brother to get a really good education. So we were in a suburban part of Maryland. We went to mostly white schools. We were like a handful of black people that went. But even within that, we were different. You know, we were too, at least for me, was, of course, too black for the white kids. And I was too white seeming for the black kids. And I was just kind of like, okay, I never felt like I fit in anywhere. I had friends and I was social and things like that, but I never felt like anyone got me. It was more of like, well, you dress differently. You talk differently. Why do you know about this on the other side of the world? That's weird. I didn't fit at home. I would come home and, you know, my brother is more of like the social, outgoing, funny person. And there's me. I have a weird sense of humor. I can't tell a joke to save my life. Like punchlines are not my friend. You know, I write sketch comedy and I'm somewhat good at it. It's weird. I asked too many questions. I was too inquisitive. 
So I've always started feeling like, well, there's something wrong with my personality. So a level of guilt and shame started to come out from there and I didn't know what to do with it. So I just held it and you feel uncomfortable and you feel like, I don't, I don't want to feel this way. So how do I get rid of it? Like, how do I fit in? Even though that's not what you, that's not what I really wanted to do, but it's like in order to just toe the line, not be in, not be on someone's radar. How do I do this? And I know I talked about this in my intro that a lot of my issues, like when it came to schools, like I went to school, a whole bunch of white girls and my, like my body, like I couldn't change my skin tone, but it's like my body was not like, I'm not thin, real thin. I never was. Even at my thinnest, I was not a stick. I love that about me now. But when you're, you know, in fifth, sixth grade, you don't, you don't celebrate that type of thing. So I was like, well, maybe I can change my body. So that's when I started doing like diet pills and the binging and the, the crazy dieting. I went one summer and I just ate like white bread and like granola bars and I dropped a crazy amount of weight. There's a lot of that. And a lot of that was tied to guilt and shame because I wasn't comfortable with my body or who I was. So I was like, let me try to fit in the best way that I can. And I thought this would be the best way. It wasn't, of course. And it kind of just always kind of played out. A lot of my guilt and shame has to do with this is me. Let me just figure out the best way to fit in so I can be left alone and not just be singled out. And that is something that I kind of carried with me throughout through the course of my life. Yeah, I let a lot of that stuff in high school, middle school, high school go. Because my goal was to get out of that town as fast as possible. Like I graduated in December from college and then I left to go move to Atlanta in January, maybe like the first or second week of January. Like I was like, I got to go. And I haven't really, I go back to visit my dad. But outside of that, I don't really go back home. The guilt and shame still comes with you. You know, you can't just move it. You can't just run from it. I thought I could move into another place, move into another city. I could outrun this, but you really can't because it's part of you. You have to address the side of you. You're going to continually just pick up other things that are just going to set you back. But you're thinking that it's helping you because it takes your mind out of you enough. You can kind of dissociate. You can kind of project. You can kind of just alter your mind. Just be like, I don't want to be here. I feel so uncomfortable in the body that I have and the person that I am that I'd rather just not be present. And that was a course for a lot of my life. It was in a relationship that I didn't really want to be in anymore. I would be like, oh, well, I'm just going to drink over it or drink through it. I've drank through relationships. Like we were just drinking partners at the end of the day, really, because I didn't really want to say like, I don't want to be with you anymore. You're kind of a horrible person for me. I would just be like, well, I'm fine with them when I'm drunk. That's also tied to my guilt and shame. Guilt and the fact that I didn't want to say that to somebody. And then who am I to say that to somebody? So I would tolerate destructive and bad behavior. And I'm not saying that I was perfect because I wasn't. I drank over, I mean, I'm just going to try to jump into my drinking, but I drank over things that I did to people knowing that I shouldn't because there was a level of guilt and shame. Like I would never just say, I fucked up. I made a mistake. I didn't know. I would always be like, how could I do that? Why am I such a horrible person? I'm just, I'm, how can anyone love me? Kill me now, but not really. Don't really kill me because I don't want to die. I'm just being really dramatic right now. It was like that level of intensity. And then I would be like, I don't want to feel like this anymore. So what can I do to fill it up or get rid of it or annihilate it? And drinking was it. I tried other types of drugs and like weed and other things. Nothing really kind of took me out of my head enough like alcohol did. And then also 
eradicated a lot of my anxieties and insecurities because I was like, oh, I'm the life of the party. I can tell the joke. I can laugh at this stupid that I don't I would normally wouldn't care about because and kind of be in with the crowd, even though you're not really in the crowd because you're not really there. A lot of this is like, this is the only way I thought I could survive and live life. This was life. This is the best that I could do. So I just kind of had to, I was dealt these cards. I just kind of had to handle them the best way that I could. When I decided to get sober this year in January, or committed to being getting sober, I had to really learn how to let go of the guilt and shame. And I think this is not, this is something I'm still working through. I still have these old habits, these old thoughts and patterns that crop up in my head. I talk about a lot of this in therapy, just like being able to see like these old patterns that come up from like my childhood or a traumatic experience or relationship that I had and how it still like reverberates through what I'm currently going through. Because until you really handle and address the past, it's still going to, you're still going to play it out. I came from that, that thought that like, nah, you're more self-aware than that. Truth be told, you're not. You can be the most self-aware person, but if you still have shit in your closet, you're not going to be able to catch everything. And sometimes you're just in the moment and you just react. Why the fuck did I react that way? And you're like, oh, when I was younger, you know, my mom didn't talk to me for a year when I came out. No wonder I have like these issues when so-and-so or somebody does that. I had to learn to address that and be like, you know, that stuff wasn't my fault sometimes you have to let go of just like how you feel about another person. Like there's a lot of stuff with me and my mom. My mom passed away when I was 23. So I can't really address this stuff with her. I've had to really learn how to be like, you know, I was a child. This wasn't a reflection of me. It was a reflection of her. And like, she did the best she could do, but she was still not a perfect individual as well. I had to forgive myself. I had to forgive her. I actually ended up addressing a lot of it with my dad when I went home this year for Memorial Day and I told him I was an AA and I'm an alcoholic. Like he stepped up and he was like, let's talk about this. What do you need from me? And it's so weird that you never know who's going to really step up. And my dad, I never thought he would be capable of that, but he did. And I think it was healing for both of us, actually. Even this morning, I'll be honest, like I was crying. I was crying about my mom. I was crying about things and it just hit me. But now it's like it happens. I embrace it. I sit with it. And then I like release and I let it go. That's what happened to me, but it doesn't have to define where I am now and where I'm going. But that comes with time. That comes with me talking about it in therapy. It comes with me with reading and really sitting with myself and thinking about myself, the good and the bad. Things that I've done and just really like letting go of that expectation that I have to always know what's happening. I have to always be perfect. I always have to be what all these other people have told me that I was and live up to just that. I can't determine anything because they've already set what I was supposed to be. I have that permission to say like, you know, I will make mistakes. I will mess up and it will be okay. It will be okay. And letting go of that guilt and the shame that I would hold on to and like sit on and just overanalyze and then just have to like drink, push it all away, which never happened. So I think that's key for me. I've also read a lot of books. I'm a voracious reader anyway. I think I believe I talked about some of the books that I've been reading, but I know one key book for me was been a book about self-compassion. I will link it again in the show notes, but I think that was something that was huge for me. And this is even before, um, and I worked, started working through it earlier in the year, I think in January. Learning just like how you talk to yourself is 
so much more impactful than how others talk to you. Now that can also impact you, but it's like, you can realize like someone's making you feel this way, but you never think about like, what am I saying to myself to make me feel this way or act this way? Why do I believe this about myself? And that book taught me how to really have compassion. Like I can have compassion for another person. I'm very empathetic, but I never would turn that stuff towards me. And now I feel like I have the tools and the ability to turn that stuff towards me and be like, that little girl, because you have to kind of see yourself as a little girl, because a lot of the stuff that happened to you is like, would you talk to yourself if you saw yourself as a little girl like this or a little boy? Would you talk to yourself like that? No, you wouldn't. Or would you talk to any little boy or girl like that? No. And this book really helped me just shape my mind in a different way and see myself in a different way. And a lot of it is about self-care, mindfulness, things like that. But then it's also about forgiveness yourself and other people. Like you have to do these exercises about forgiving yourself and then forgiving other people that have hurt you and being able to see it from their perspective that they were doing based off what their story is and what their trauma was and all this stuff. And it was so freeing. So many tears were shed reading this book. I know that two people, two of my friends have it and I gifted one copy to her, to one of them. And I think it's just been a life-saving book for me. And I will probably always keep it and I will reread it. I'll probably reread it towards the end of this year, kind of to close out the year as a bookend. It's been amazing. It helped me really let go of that part of me that felt like I was damaged. I would, no one would ever love me. No one could ever love me like this because that's not true. There's so many good, positive aspects to everyone everyone, but we want to latch onto what's negative and hold on to it because either we were led to believe that that's what we really think about ourselves. And we never want to see outside of that. And you can, but you just have to learn. And I feel like a lot of family dynamics, maybe you just don't have that ability to find that or define that or learn that skill. There's help out there for you. And it therapy is great. But sometimes you can get a lot of that insight outside of therapy. I think the self-compassion book is amazing. And it's not that expensive. And you can get it off of Amazon. I would definitely link it. Even if you don't think it's your thing, give it a try. I think she even has videos on YouTube and things like that. If you don't invest in yourself, who will? And learn to take care of yourself and let go of that part of you that feels like you are so fucked up and damaged that you can't come back from this. I think once you're getting sober, or once you commit to getting sober, you have to learn how to let go of all that stuff because then it's just going to be a cycle that will keep going and going and going and then you'll be back at the bottle back at the needle, back with the spoon, <laughs> with the, the, the dollar rolled up dollar bill, whatever it is that you're doing. You did not address the underlying problem, the issues that you have with you. And a lot of that is tied to guilt and shame. I think that's it for this episode. Guilt and shame is will probably come up again as I am recording because it's a huge thing and it's not something that can really be addressed in one episode. But within the context of the series, I just want to talk about it because it is really helpful and key to remaining sober, thinking that you should get sober, realizing that this is part of the puzzle and part of it. And that's something that you're going to have to address. Like you can't just sidestep and be like, I'm just going to put this up on the shelf. I'll bring it down once every six months or so. And then I'll put it back. Like, no, this is with you. And even when you feel like you've gone through it, something's going to come back and it's going to be like, I have never seen this part of it before. I don't know how to react to this, but you will be able to get through it. You have that trust and faith in yourself. You'll be able to get through it clean. And even if something happens, you'll be able to pick yourself back up. It's all about being kind to yourself. This is what this whole journey is about. 
This is what life should be about. And these are things that can help you have that. With that being said, thank you for listening. If you ever have any comments or questions, feel free to always reach out to me via Instagram, DM me, email me. I will always respond. Until next time, have a great day. Bye.